0: So, check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer owned, Vermont grown, Sunset Lake CBD.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: Live, 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 it is Saturday, Sunday, my goodness, Sunday, July 30th, it's Sunday. it's Sunday, it is a Sunday show action vibes today, we are coming at you guys early, earlier than yesterday, uh, thank you all for hanging with us here in the stream, thank you Jonathan for hanging with me while I am uh, on the road, about to hit the road again, and so catching me in the mid part here, how are you doing here today?
1: I'm pretty good. I would complain about how early it is, except that I know you are a couple hours west, so <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I won't I won't complain about that. But I've got my coffee, watched an amazing fish show last night um, with uh, well, we'll get into all of that.
2: Yeah, we and, will get uh, into all of that.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here.
2: It's going to be, it's going to be really, really great.
1: Yeah, it's going to, we, we, uh, everybody listening at home, will say that we, we were texting last night. We were all in a little bit of amazement. Ryan texted me after Fuego and said 30 minutes. And I said, no way <laughs> but i i don't look at the clock like I, I i i look at when set one starts roughly and nowadays it's fairly reliable uh unless it's a big swing like different venue than it might be half hour earlier or, or whatever but i look at when that starts and then i know when set one is gonna end and after that i'm just like i know i have time to shower and uh and then we'll have another set, and then I, and I know we'll be done by eleven thirty. Everything else, I, I'm not looking at the time.
2: Not the timer. You are. I I tend to if there's if there's a big jam vehicle that starts, I just look at the clock and go, okay, where are we at? And yeah, I but it was like Fuego.
1: Like Fuego, was Fuego is a nine minute reliable. You know, it's it's, it's time.
2: It's interesting. I got a text from a buddy who is at the show. I'm pulling up the. Um, uh, the jam chart on it right now as we're talking um, because Fuego, it's such a fascinating song. Like it had those just killer performances in early, in like 2014, you had that SPAC version, the man version, the man version. Portsmouth. Yeah. Portsmouth, Virginia. Um, And then it kind of just like took a backseat and was just like a really heavy rocker. You had the jam filled version from 2017. Inglewood, the Forum has a really great jam from 2018. There's a killer one from Banger, but basically like that Banger version to me from 2019 jumpstarts this run for the song where you have that uh the msg faux uh new year's eve show in uh in april 2022 uh last year at mpp dicks last year we got a good one and then the greek had an outstanding uh, fuego and it all led up to this which we will get to um we got a uh, uh we got a question here from close front of the podcast was there a my god involved from brian there were many my gods there were a bunch of lfgs <laughs> there was just there was speechlessness we're going to get into it um so this was the second show of the msg residency uh We had a killer show last night or uh, Friday night that you and RJ brilliantly covered here on the podcast. We're going to dive into this one. Um, I guess before I just jump into the set list, coming off of the first show, which as you guys appropriately discussed, being a and I quote, hot show. um, (laughs) What were your thoughts? Kind of going into night two, it's it 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 seemed to me that the band came in at at a certain level of energy that. Um, i think it's hard to predict or expect and it kind of knocks you on your ass when it happens like what what were your thoughts going into the second night
1: eh, you know I, I try not to uh do expectations right brian yeah. so i didn't really have any i was like well fish is playing well and i expect that they will play well that's it and uh, i think i think i was proven right
2: uh, i think you were i think you were i I, right. I
1: also said that they would start Somebody on the internets online was asking about timing when when they would start and when they would be done. I said, well, they'll probably start around 8 and be done by 1130. And I was also right about that. So I got all my predictions.
2: The beautiful um, thing about this band is we're going to get into specifically in set two, but but we, we, they, it was a fun set one. But the beautiful thing about this band is it's it's impossible to predict anything, um, and that is I mean, that is the joy in it all.
1: That's the most reliable thing about them. Um, yeah, is that they they will defy any substantial expectation at any time, Expect good or bad.
2: Expect the unexpected. So we, we kicked off last night with um, Back on the Train, uh, Faded into Down with Disease. Uh, we got the Dogs for the first time since the Animal Show back in um, uh, October of 2021. Uh, Bug, which was de- dedicated to Jovi. Sugar Shack, first time since Alpine 2022. Evolve Horn, first time since Raleigh 2022. Foam and then a moon age daydream closer, which was the first time since Dick. So we got some songs outside of the rotation, a relative bust out, if you will, with the dogs. But, uh, you know, we just got some fresh playing and a really cool disease jam in the second slot, the second show in a row where we get a big, big jam in the second song of the overall show. What was your big takeaway from set one here?
1: Uh, set the first. Well, I mean, the disease I think is the, uh, the big thing. I, they, Played back on the train. They played that a few times this tour, which is interesting. I think maybe one of the most played songs on the tour so far. But um, I I thought that was a strong opener. Didn't go far, but Disease took off Uh, at eighteen minutes. You know, it's not going to garner any uh, automatic donations to Mockingbird, but it is a. uh, It was. It was a pretty good jam, Um, and then. I want to say I was a bit shocked to hear them go into the dogs Mm -hmm, uh, because mm -hmm. you know, they really haven't since the animal show, which, and then I think it was kind of rare. I haven't looked at the gaps on that, that particular song, but uh, you know, they, they do not play that, that frequently,
2: um, yeah, no. That song's only been played sixteen times. It was the the first repeat performance of a chilling, thrilling song. It came the night after when it came out of a light and went into right. lengthwise, and then it was played on New Year's Eve, twenty fourteen. And it kind of seemed at first like this is this and Martian Monster are going to be the songs uh, that we hear the most. And then it wasn't played until Magna Ball, and then ever since, uh, uh, what is that, Great Woods, twenty sixteen? We just have. Basically an average of, I would say 15 to 20 shows in between dogs performances. So it's a pretty rare thing. This was, this was by far the biggest gap though, between performances.
1: Yeah. And, um, it was cool. It was cool to see, uh, here, whatever I wasn't there, but I was watching it kind of on the, uh, internets and, um, I saw some people really disappointed by the, uh, bug sugar shack, and Evolve. Some people lumped Evolve into Mm. that uh, section of the set. Uh, I can't see how Trey is going to not play Bug when he learns that Jovi's in the house. So, uh, okay. It's not where I would expect it to be placed in a set, but honestly, I think it works fine in a first set. Um, They were probably about ready to slow it down a touch anyways. Um, Sugar Shack is... Sugar Shack, um, I love Evolve. And excuse me, I have a hiccup from my coffee. Does that happen? Uh, anyways, I was uh, <laughs> that's one where I <clears throat> where I picked up my guitar and I I played along uh, because that just the it's it's just so fun and kind of easy for me uh, as a lightweight guitar player and uh, what a, just a grand little song.
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, You mentioned this odd placement of Bug. I mean, I think obviously having uh, Jovi in the house, that seemed to be a thing that was a very emotional moment for Trey, understandably. Uh, You can see why he would want to play that. And, you know, I guess... Playing it there versus having it be a landing pad at some point in the second set allows him to introduce it and provide a dedication. And right. you've got to wonder if like going into the show, just with how they've been playing, there, there's a sense in a lot of these second sets that, well, the song catalog is almost tossed out the window because it's whatever we're feeling as we're coming out of the jam. And so he's not going to dedicate something at that point in time. Um, I didn't necessarily mind it in that slot. I think there have been yeah. some... Uh, really nice bugs in the first set that have led to, I've just kind of foreshadowed brilliance later in the show. I think specifically of San Francisco 2021 that it opened that show. And then later we got a really amazing four song second set, I'm not saying those are connected. It's just like, there's a vibe thing there with that song. Um, you know, for me, uh, sugar shack is one of those that when Trey nails the solo, it is completely worth it because that is a very complicated, weird solo that famously through early 3.0 he struggled with. And I still remember being at 12, 30, 16 and he just nails the solo and it's just like perfect and celebrating the way that i would a bust out or the way that i would a huge peak in a jam it just felt very significant and felt like a you know a moment that we had we had arrived and there's been some some really quality sugar shocks in that in that standpoint um evolve i, I well, wait I call, wait call right yeah,
1: i want to put you on the spot here was this sure. one of those sugar shacks
2: I think that it was quality. I think that he got he got pretty close to being there. It felt really yeah. good. I think I think I ultimately, um, and it kind of speaks to a hyperbolic point that I had in my notes here. So maybe it's time to unveil that. I was thinking about this while listening to um, the Down with Z's and then the Fuego again this morning. I think this is the best pure Trent play. Uh, the best pure playing that we've heard from Trey since Magnaball. Ball. Um, he is stringing together full ideas without any sort of assistance from effects we are getting. And you think specifically about that that ending trill that leads into the Fuego callback. You think about that solo that is just... just complete hose uh in the down with disease and there's no point where he feels like he needs to and this is not a complaint about the synth pedals i loved those i loved what they did to the jams but there is something about the way that trey's guitar playing feels so lyrical and nobody's ever described it better than carlos santana where it sounds like it's just water coming out of a hose and just you know just coating the audience um that sentiment and that sensation that is so special about his guitar playing i i'm hearing it in full clarity and i'm hearing it in a way that um i haven't heard it in probably eight years um not saying there aren't moments in between and there haven't been moments of brilliance but it just it feels like whatever's happening in his brain is happening in his fingers without any sort of effort and i'm absolutely loving it and a song like sugar shack you know, caters to that, a song like Foam caters to that, a song like Horn with a really beautiful composed uh, solo. You get not just these improvisational highlights, but you get solo highlights where you as a listener hear something the way that you heard it when you first were a Fish fan.
1: You're getting to, uh, you're jumping on one of my thoughts on this set, which is that after Sugar Shack, they go on to play Horn Uh, evolve first but then they go on to play horn and foam actually evolve uh, you know i I said i was playing but i'm listening to trey's solos through evolve and it's just glorious and it's not the composed stuff uh that you get in foam when you listen to evolve because it's just open changes that he can play over and he knows them there's just he can really just let loose and then you get into foam where it's got to be tight and it it was it was a really really nice uh, really nice performance and then gets to just blow off the last bit of steam for the set with moon age to close the set what what a blast
2: yeah really nice placement there i mean anything from ziggy stardust it's it's one of those halloween albums i'll take literally the entire album again i love i love the way that yes. they approach that yes, it's please. one of my favorite albums of all time i still remember when they were killing albums off with the axes uh, and that outdated website, but one of my favorite <laughs> gimmicks the band ever did, Ziggy stayed until the end, and it became a campsite. And it was it was my hope because the sentiment of them opening their first festival in five years with the song five years, just, it felt really right. And to hear that, you know, it's six years later was incredible, but, or seven years later, but um, yeah, no, there's a dexterity in terms of playing songs like bug and then sugar shack and then horn and then foam and then rocking out like moon age and really not hitting a ton of sour notes. Um, my only other notes from the set, I think that, you know, my thoughts on evolve are, connected in this sort of sense. Cause I'm with you. I love this song. I think that, um, lyrically it's, it's really brilliant. Um, it's, it has almost, um, there's like a childlike quality to it. And I think about like when that song was playing, my son and I were hanging out here in our hotel room and he was just like singing the chorus. I was like, I haven't taught you that. Like, but like that's clearly connecting like the rhythmic aspect of it. And like the lyrical nature to it is, is, is hitting kind of all generations. I was thinking during horn, uh, horn, um, you know, horn, uh, rift was my first fish studio record. It was, uh, I'd heard fish songs because of bittersweet motel. I'd heard a few fish songs in other places. And then I went out and bought rift and, you know, horn and fast enough for you. And these are songs that like hit at the first moment that the band was really taking personalized lyrics and really, pushing them out there and, and, and really showcasing who they are as people. And obviously, you know, who Tom was as a person, um, at that point in time is, as, as these guys are realizing the success that's in front of them, but also having personal challenges and, you know, um life going on at the exact same time and horns always struck me as both musically it's really fascinating the way that it changes keys midway and yet it still sounds the same way to the uneducated ear but as trey's described like it changes into this more melancholic tone Um, but then lyrically it tells a really fascinating story so hearing song like evolve bug horn midway through the set maybe a little bit too contemplative for some people on a Saturday night. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought um, it gave kind of a classic feel in a sense to, to set one, even though, you know, you didn't have the kind of balls to the walls, energy and fireworks that we had on night one. I don't think you necessarily needed it. No,
1: no. And um, I think the contemplative bit, they almost kind of take that out of Bug by emphasizing the whole, like, Bug punch in the sky bit. They make it more of like a power anthem when they do it that way than when they land in it at the, you know, in the middle of the second set after a big jam. And then, it you know, the intro was so delicate and kind of really poignant in its own way. So I, I like that they kind of shifted that around. Horn, always loved Horn, such a mm. powerful song. And just a beautiful, composed solo mm-hmm. that is that i've I've studied playing that, and you'll never hear me do it um, because I can't in any way that's worth anybody else hearing. but I just I love to just play those notes and study that piece. it's It's gorgeous and yeah, i I enjoyed the set at, at when the set ended, I was like very satisfied and very excited, looking forward. Um, can I, can I mention a couple things, uh, speaking of looking forward, yeah. um, really just one thing. So we had, uh, they had a happy hour on Friday night and mm-hmm. really well attended and, uh, very good time for all, according to Megan's report. Um, and we have another event coming up on eight five, that is August 5th, the last night of the MSG run that afternoon at 3 PM at the bitter end. Cal Kehoe is bringing some friends to play. Uh, we're going to be, we, I think it's uh, what, RJ, Megan, myself, and Brad are going to be there. And uh, we're going to be celebrating the 10th anniversary of HF Pod. Um, and it's pretty exciting. Did I say that it's at 3 p.m.?
2: You said 3 p.m. at the bitter end.
1: At the bitter end. It is uh, brought to you by Volume and Bluebird Hardwater, and I hope everybody who is in town for the shows comes, hangs out, checks it out. We'll get you out of there on time to get to uh, MSG, no problem, and uh, because, you know, I'm going to be heading up to MSG, so
2: we got to go. You're going to be there for the finale. That's going to be, that's yeah, going to be amazing. When you were, when you did the dozen uh, six years ago, what did you, did you hit this middle weekend, 728? through? Let's
1: see. I'm really bad at, really i don't understand how everybody else remembers the donuts and the dates and the things super <laughs> well like, together no. um so yeah I, I hit the middle and then i hit the end so i nice. was there on the last night and very uh, very nice that
2: was worth it i was in a um, bar that was streaming the last night and uh when they went to Isabella, the bar exploded as though we had just won the World <laughs> Series. And people were pouring out into the streets, the hugging air, each other. Flying was, in the it air. Was, it was a very yeah. memorable moment. Um, all right. So jumping into set two here, we have um, – they keep doing this. The uh, the faux – I don't know if you call it the faux opener, but like kind of the palate cleanser before we dive in. It's it's a nice touch. I, I, I like it. Um, it allows people to get back to their seats gives uh you know the free streamers something to dive in with but we get the wedge fuego into oblivion into wingsuit into 2001 which has a direct as direct as a direct segue as you can get into hold your head up into crackling rosie into hold your head up and then say it to me santos with an encore of farmhouse and first tube um one massive, massive highlight in this set that we're going to talk about. Um, another really brilliant um, kind of fusion of two elements of fish that we love. But overall, what were your thoughts on this? Uh, on this set?
1: I was. I mean, I loved it. Um, As as I mentioned at the top of this thing, I didn't realize Fuego went 30 minutes, but I knew it was big. It went a lot of places. And I'm going to leave it to you to break down some of those places, because I haven't listened back. Um, I listened to it last night, and I was in bed when the thing dropped, and I haven't been up that long. So, uh, But it's massive, and you knew in the moment it was really doing something. I think that the Oblivion really does something in its much shorter time frame which continues to give me kind of joy because i like that song and i feel like that song has got a lot of potential and will continue to be awesome um and i really liked the fade into wingsuit that moment with oblivion it got nice and quiet Mm -hmm. it was settling down and then trey hits those first notes of wingsuit that was that's how I want wingsuit to happen. Um, and it was, it was great. Uh, but yeah, my number two highlight is probably Cracklin' Rosie. Uh, hmm. few, I don't know how many people were at home and jumping up on their sofas when that happened, but I was, um, when I saw the symbols, I was that, like, was oh it. God. that was
2: it. Here oh, God. Oh, my go. God, it's happening. <laughs> that was a moment. You don't see the symbols a lot uh, these days. We yeah. actually haven't seen them in 397 shows. This was the first and Rosie since 7 6, 2012, SPAC Night 1, 2012, which is a show I, I encourage anyone if they have. You know, there's so much good fish, but if if you have not gone back and listened to that SPAC twenty twelve run, there is so much gold in there in this the first night, I think the first set has like seventeen or eighteen songs and part of it is because there are a few sandwiches, including a hold your head up but it is so worth it. It is such great playing from the band. And the second set features some really amazing jamming that just like hints at where we would go in yep. eight, nine weeks time at Dick, but uh really amazing stuff. We also had, that was the first wingsuit since MPP last year, 43 shows. So again, trying to bring some of these songs out of the rotation or out of the, the distant realms of the rotation, the, the, the Kuiper belt performances, I guess would be the crackling Rosie, the, uh, uh, the asteroid belt uh return pass by of Earth would be the uh, the wingsuits. But on that note, yeah.
1: I want to interrupt you with a question
2: so yeah, that you can please. then keep
1: talking. But uh <laughs> it do you think they're pulling these songs out because we're gonna get a no-repeat MSG? Is it too soon to ask that question? Mm-hmm. Have I jinxed it?
2: No, it's an interesting question. I've been thinking about it because you know, there were all those kind of rumors going around online based on the band's social media that, Oh my God, there is going to be a theme again this year. And it appears as though there is no theme and that the, 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 the theme, uh, hints were a joke and it was a fish ploy to just throw you off the scent. Um, and so that would lead me to believe that songs are on the table to be played again. Um, however, yes, with these songs being pulled out of the netherworld, it would lead one to think, um, they are in a position playing five more shows without playing the songs that were played in the first two nights would be very easy for this band. So I could totally see it. I would also not be surprised if New York
1: is on the table, right? So uh, except for like, even man two is in whatever Syracuse is on the table after the first few nights.
2: Correct, yeah. When they yeah. come
1: back around the rotation, because it's a long... It's it's not just a seven-night run. It runs across, a lo- like, 10 days, so right. they got plenty of time to bring stuff back without feeling like it was just played.
2: I think that... And this was similar. You know, they played tweezer to open the, the second set of the first night of the baker's dozen and that was and then they played disease to open the second set of the second night of the baker's dozen and i remember those two moments created a lot of debate of well how do they go 13 shows in this massive run without playing tweezer and disease again and i felt like those were intentionally played to almost fuck with the fan base and be like hey you know are you uh, they, are you thinking we're going to do no repeats? Cause we may, we may, but we also they may They were not.
1: easy picks though, too. Like, right. you know, I, I, I know from what we've seen, uh, that Trey worked hard and I, I feel like it wasn't quite, quite, he never quite said it. I feel like it was probably getting almost difficult, but still just <laughs> as fun by the end of the thing, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, but that, you know, it wasn't just a challenge to us. Like, haha, you think here you know it was a challenge to Trey. It was to yeah, yeah. Craft it was, it was that A lot of whiteboards
2: with this song yeah, and yeah. this song. And um I think the yeah. only song that has been played thus far in these first two nights that I could see be played again and I would like to see be played again, um is Oblivion um, just because it's the new song. Um, it had a really st- stunning performance in Pittsburgh. I really enjoyed last night's performance. Um, it does feel, and maybe, you know, they'll pause it until Dick's, but it does feel like, um, you know, where everything's right was a couple of years ago where uh, it's a song that the band clearly wants to showcase as a centerpiece, open yeah. up set two with it and really go places. Um, but sure speaking of involved to do that. Oh, god that like bright trilling jamming off of it i would love that um
1: speaking of opening up set two jamming
2: right (laughs) and 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 songs that you know from the not too distant past were kind of fuego was famously uh played as the first song of 2014 it came out of light uh yeah, uh, or excuse me, the second song of 2014. They did all Lang Syne to close out 2013, then went into light, very beautiful light from 1213, 1231, 24, 2013. And then that went into Fuego. And it kind of seemed like, all right, this is the next one. You're you're the next big song. And it had some great moments in 2014. We've talked about the history here um last night. Um, you know, without getting into the nuances of minute by minute, because I just encourage people to really, you know, immerse themselves in it. This jam to me. What I loved about it is it sounds like the band is in absolutely no hurry and no rush to get from one place to another. There is no worry about how long this jam is or you know, from both a crossing time standpoint, but also from a, hey, we're taking up a bunch of chunk of real estate by playing this. It's just communication from the band. It sounds to me like something that could have come off of the Victor disc, which is um, my my big wish is that one day we get that email from fish.com that says, <laughs> Hey, we're releasing the Victor disc on vinyl. Plus it's going on streaming services. Cause it's really beautiful stuff. It sounds like a band playing in a living room with no thoughts about um entertainment they're just playing and communicating and by default because we are f- fans of this band and love that they do this sort of stuff we are entertained and we are willing to ride it with them and it gets a really nice earned peak at the end but it's not even if you listen back to the peak like Trey's not playing very fast it is it is building tension and it's building energy um and it's building you know enthusiasm towards the end but it doesn't up its pace. And I love that about it. It just feels like they are just kind of cruising and it's like, a you know, a drive down, uh, the PCH with the sun, just, you know, f- fading behind the Pacific ocean in front, you know, to your side and the, the colors just like stretch out. They're beautiful. And it's kind of one of those moments that, um, you know, maybe it takes 45 minutes and and it's not this like immediate jolt of energy, but it is one of those memories that you're going to live with and you're going to last with. I, I loved it. This is one of my favorite jams that's been played this whole year. It's one of my favorite fuegos that's ever been played. I've listened to it three times already. I just wow. I can't get enough of it. I'm going to listen to it in the car ride uh, on on the drive here today up to Montana. Um, it it is everything for me that I want um, from this band, which is just that patient communication with absolutely no rush. Um, full band democratic uh i'm I'm totally stunned by it and i i cannot wait to revisit it again
1: well said i'm actually looking forward to listening to it here this afternoon um after some more coffee and other (laughs) things happen around the house um so craig i want to i want to make sure we don't please omit talking about the fact that Cracklin Rosie was a hilarious sort of train wreck of a performance uh fish someone uh I saw someone and I can't credit because I can't remember who said it online last night say surely they were not planning this uh because there were they were clearly and by they I mean Fishman clearly not prepared um and I I totally agree that the segue into hold your head up out of 2001 is magical. Like it's beautiful playing. And it, I think there's this moment you can hear it where the jam is like, they're starting to play, hold your head up and Fishman is not yet playing, hold your head up. And then finally comes back around. He's like, all right. And he, you know, kicks it off, you know, and, and now they're really playing it. And he's like, I guess this is, I guess this is happening. Um, But yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't remember the words he's not set up in front of one of the teleprompters right um he drags the microphone over to look at trey's teleprompter where they finally put it up i guess (laughs) trey was trying to bail him out with some back very prominent and well done backing vocals i thought Mm -hmm. um but uh just a, a blast and then trey gets up and you know Henrietta which we don't get a Henrietta introduction not as much now it's been a lot of Moses heaps etc um but then uh and says if this is your first fish show that's what it's all about folks
2: <laughs> and um
1: and I and I and I just wanted to be here on this platform today and say I've been telling you that
2: <laughs> all it is it is. It is. No, and you're right. I, I thought of you when that, when that happened. And it's funny, like you get these meta moments from Trey where, um, he kind of steps back and, and is like, Hey, this is why we're all here. This is why we all return. I thought, you know, it, just to add to it, the, the humor side of it, the fact that Fishman is standing on there, just like staring at a teleprompter, trying to figure out what to play, you know, like a, like an, like a theater actor in, uh, in New York city, just like I need a line in a rehearsal type of thing where it's just like yeah. shit. Like, I cannot believe right now I forgot this. But it's, he's not worried. He, like, this is part of the the gag that he doesn't know how to sing a Neil Diamond song. It's all but also, fun. it's all fun. And, it, but also, you know, do you take it back three minutes? They were in an incredible groove in 2001. They've been playing the hell out of this song for the last couple of years. And for Trey to stumble upon, um, uh, for Trey to stumble upon the HYHU riff and come out of 2001 into that, you get these two sides of fish that is so brilliant. You get the improv that can lead anywhere, and it can lead to magical places. It can lead to hilarious places. It can lead to just these mind-altering moments. But then you get the absolute humor and the fact that this band, and I kept thinking about it, like for this this version of Crackling Rosie to be in the same set as this Fuego, This is a band that does not take themselves seriously. They take the music seriously. And you see that right there in the open. I absolutely loved it. I thought, uh, I thought it was, it was a great placement for it. And it was just a really good yin and yang to who fish is and, and what their appeal is. And you kind of, you know, why did they not catch on culturally? You know, outside of the Who counterculture cares? in the nineteen nineties. Well, but you know, the part <laughs> of it is like the humor. You know, it's not it's not yeah. very cool to be to be funny in that sort of way when you're playing music.
1: Nineties uh, rock um, was very serious, very,
2: very serious, serious, like angry. You know, you know, contemplative, and Fish was like yeah, but we can kind of get on stage and think that this is hilarious that we're like playing in front of 20,000 people and we got a drummer wearing a dress singing Neil Diamond songs. And like you had it right there. It was, it was amazing stuff. And, um, just put a cap on uh, or put a bow on the set in a really nice way.
1: Yeah. I mean, that set right there is everything that fishes is, uh, yeah.
2: uh most hundred percent.
1: <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, you know, uh, Santos to rap, nice encore, Um, get a little bit of, you know, you get your farmhouse, you get your first tube and, uh, and good night. And they ran right up on it. So that was, that show ended like promptly at 1130, but they, they used it up. I think they did an 80 minute, uh, second set was it. And then, um, but then consistently 73 minutes for the, uh, first set. So, uh, pretty good, pretty solid.
2: Very, very but, good. Well, stuff. For the
1: ongoing uh <laughs> ongoing run. I think anybody who's got any tickets ahead, uh, it's true. You may not see a thirty minute fuego, but uh you're gonna see some shit.
2: You're gonna see some stuff that uh, is is very very special to see, even in the context of a band that that regularly plays very special shows. So I'm very excited yeah. to hear what happens. Um, I'm gonna be hitting the road here in a second and listening back through some of these highlights. I'm gonna listen back through. It's a very Special day in fish history. Shout out to Camden O three. Shout out to Jimmy's night from a few years ago. Uh, the Ventura Bowie City's Bowie. Lots of stuff to uh to dip into before fish comes back. Um, based on our time of doing this podcast. I guess that's 19 hours from now. I don't know, give or take a few. Um, but uh you all to Matthew, you all have yourself a wonderful Sunday. Uh if you're in New York City, um, go down to chinatown and get a bowl of noodles i've always found that that's a really great way to uh kind of balance things out in between msg shows but um hope everyone out there is keeping safe keeping cool having a good time jonathan i hope you have a wonderful sunday and uh i'll see you on the other side of this Son